Raider Nation, it's that time of the week again. Subscribe and tune in to get the latest news and analysis on everything silver and black. But yes, the Las Vegas Raiders have their guy, Josh McDaniels. Looking for objective opinions and interviews with A-list guests? Just pod, baby. Congrats on 100 episodes. I'm happy for you guys. Keep doing your thing, and thanks for having me, man. It was a blast. Look no further. You are listening to Just Pod, baby, a Las Vegas Raiders podcast. Brought to you by SportsNot.com. The prime thing is you have to win. You have to win. Otherwise, you can't be a success in professional football. And now your host, Evan Grote. Hello again, Raider Nation. I hope you're doing well. It is that time of the week again for a brand new episode of Just Pod Baby. We are working our way through the month of May now. Rookie minicamp began on Friday, May 12th, and runs through the weekend. You will get your first look at some of the new Raiders donning the silver and black. It might only be through some pictures or some quick videos on social media, but they should be enough to excite some of you. This is the time of year where we experience some football withdrawals. I do want to apologize for getting the show out to you guys a little bit late this week. Just been busy with with the kids and their baseball schedules, a couple games a week for each of them. So that's been keeping us really busy here. And you also may be able to tell from the sound of my voice that I went to bed uh, Friday evening Feeling a little bit under the weather, still feeling it a little bit more today, but uh, anyhow, I wanted to make sure that I got a show out to you guys, so I am glad to have you guys joining with me. Uh, I am Evan Grote, your host, for those of you that uh, are tuning in for the first time, uh, and for the regulars, uh, I appreciate you guys and your support as always. Just Pod Baby is brought to you by SportsHunt.com. Please help me out by subscribing to the podcast, and uh, you can find the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Spotify all of the major platforms, and you can also find me on Twitter at egroat 5 so give me a follow there as well. Now, the plan for the show this week, uh, we're going to we're gonna get into, <clears throat> excuse me, we're going to get into the schedule, the NFL schedule that was released here this week on Thursday night. So we'll take a look at that, and, and that will be the main focus of the show. It's going to be one long segment, or one, I should say, brief segment. Uh, we're not going to go to a break this week. Wasn't able to get a guest on, so it's just you and I here. Uh, so that's where we're going to begin. The big news this week in the NFL uh, was the release of the the 2023 schedule. And like most uh, things involving the NFL, that too has become quite the event. It's a primetime event now on the NFL Network. I think ESPN also has a, a show they do where they unveil the schedule for all 32 teams. And of course, we get the leaks throughout the day on Thursday, so you, you hear about a couple of the games before it's officially unveiled, but um, it's been something that fans uh, across the league look forward to. Um, you can now start to highlight the games that maybe you want to travel to. Uh, maybe it's a road game that's within a, a driving distance for you. Um, maybe it's taking a trip out to Vegas for the first time to Allegiant Stadium, you can now start to get those trips planned and get them into the calendar. The other fun part for guys like myself, the content creators, is it gives us something to dissect and analyze. And that's what we're going to do here this week. I want to give you uh, the games that I'm most looking forward to um, and just some other general thoughts on the way the schedule looks for the Raiders um, and then also this week, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you my way too early Raiders win totals projection. So stay tuned here uh, and stay with me for that. That'll be later on in the show. 
But as I said, no guests this week. We're just going to keep it going th- one segment. Let's get it kicked off here. I know um, we we've known who the opponents are. Who you know we we've known who they're going to be for for some time now. But we now have the dates as the Raiders. Uh, media team put out that social media video we have the dates now and and that is a very part important part of of the schedule is is where each of these games is placed for me whenever the schedule is released I look for a, a couple of different things I like to look for where the bye week is that's one of the first things I look for uh what does the travel look like are there any late season uh, games where there could be some potential cold weather, um, snow, rain, that type of thing. What does the final month of the season look like as far as travel and road games there, the prime time games? And so those are some of the things that I immediately look for. And, you know, obviously there's five prime time games this year. The Raiders are in prime time as much as uh, any team in the league this year. I, I think the, um, the most any team is in prime time is six. I, I, I saw, I think there's four teams that play six times in, in, in prime time. And then there's like four or five other teams who play five times. The Raiders are one of those five teams. You know, that's not good for your boy here. I, I, I do not like those prime time games. You know, I'm a bit of a curmudgeon <laughs> with those night games. I'd much rather have the games played Sunday afternoon, but uh, what my belief is that the NFL, they want to showcase uh, the Raiders. They want to showcase that market, Allegiant Stadium, because four uh, of the Raiders' five primetime games, night games, are being played in Las Vegas. So that tells me the NFL is definitely you know, trying to continue to put Las Vegas and the market in the spotlight as one of their you know marquee destinations with that beautiful stadium, Allegiant Stadium, and not to mention connecting the dots uh, and I tweeted about this on, on Friday. The Super Bowl is being played in Las Vegas this year. So I, I think the NFL, they want to put the, the Allegiant Stadium on, on prime time as much as they possibly can. And, and, you know, that'll be a way for them to try to promote the game and promote the event being out there in Las Vegas. Now, that's the way I see it. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I, maybe I'm wrong, but. Uh, I don't understand why the NFL would would want to put the Raiders, who you know they finished six and eleven last year, didn't have a great team from a year ago. Why else would they be putting the Raiders in in that time slot so often? So that was a little bit of my opinion there, and and I did have some feedback on that tweet that I put out. A lot of you guys did agree with me there, but anyways, um, I did get my wish. If you were listening to the show last week, the Raiders. Uh, they're going to be traveling to Buffalo this year, and I was concerned that that game might be played in London. That is not the case. Um, that game is going to be played in Buffalo. However, I do have a complaint. I do have a complaint. That Sunday that they play in Buffalo, it is week two, and it happens to be the home opener for the Bills. That place is going to be rowdy. Bills Mafia will be out in full force, <laughs> a.k.a. the drunks. Um, and, and they've had a whole off season to gear up and prepare for this. And so I, you know, at first thought, I'm not so sure I want to subject myself or even my, you know, my kids, cause I would definitely want to bring them to the game as well. And my wife, I'm not so sure I want to subject everyone, uh, to that, to that environment. Uh, not to mention the other, the other factor involved for me is now the tickets are going to be probably much more expensive because it is the home opener. Um, you know, you're looking at a, a warm September day versus a, you know, possibly a, a colder day if it was being played in late November or even even December. So, 
Um, at this point, my attendance at that game is is up in the air. It's still unknown, but obviously I've got plenty of time to uh, figure that all out and, and make that decision. But nonetheless, it does give me an opportunity to, to try to see a game right here in my backyard. Uh, a couple of the other games that, that I saw on the schedule that I'm looking forward to, it, it has to be the Christmas Day game with Kansas City Christmas Day that'll be a great uh, a great day uh, for Raider fans now I, I do believe now listen you know am I thrilled that it's the Chiefs <laughs> no I don't think any Raiders fan is uh, I would have much rather preferred a, a different opponent that day with with how the Raiders have struggled at, at um, Arrowhead Stadium in recent years but I, but I, I think it's gonna be nice um, a nice Christmas Day game it'll be fun Um you know, my family, we tend to stay kind of local re- more recently for the holidays, don't do a lot of travel. So, you know, we'll be hunkered down here after the kiddies open up their gifts and, and, you know, have some time to play with their toys. I'll be getting myself comfortable on the couch with an adult beverage in hand, getting ready for a 1 p.m. kickoff there on Christmas Day. So th- I'm actually really looking forward to that. Um, some of the other things that I, you know, stand out to me when I first took a look at the schedule, um, well, going back to the Chiefs game, though, that could be the one game, I do want to mention this, where the, where the, where the weather could be an issue. You know, you're talking late December in Kansas City, uh, that, that could be an issue. But other than that, you know, I don't see many other dates on this schedule where, where the weather could be an issue. I just don't see it. They do play Chicago, but that's in October, so you, 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 you imagine things will be okay there. Um, they do play Detroit, but that is in a dome. Buffalo, as I just mentioned, that's September. They play the Jets and the Giants, both home games for them in Las Vegas. So, you know, I think the Raiders, you know, have some things going for them with this schedule. Now, some other observations. Three of the first four games are out in the road. They go, they they begin the season at Denver in week one, um, at Buffalo week two, come home to play Pittsburgh in week three, another cold weather city that they avoided playing them at home. And then they go back out to the road uh, versus the Chargers in week four, which we know will will feel like a home game for the Raiders. Um, so, you know, you got a couple road games there, or, or three road games there, but the travel to Denver and Los Angeles, that's not bad travel for the Raiders coming out of Las Vegas. Uh, but they do have the one cross-country trip to Buffalo, That'll be something the players have to adjust to. But again, I think they dodged a bullet there having that game played in in September rather than late November or December. Now, following the first four games, the Raiders will play four of their next six opponents in Vegas, which includes three teams who play in the Eastern time zone. Uh, And that's the Patriots in week six, the Giants in week nine, and then the Jets in week 10. So, uh, I think that's a good thing for the Raiders. Avoiding, you know, multiple East Coast trips throughout the season, that's a good thing. They will have to pack their bags, though, in Week 11 and hop on a long flight to Miami to face the Dolphins. But I, I think it's a good thing for the Raiders that um, of the five teams that they face on the East Coast this year, because they do play five teams on the East Coast, they only have to play two of those games on the road, and that's Buffalo, and that's Miami. So, uh, and the, and both of those games are, are, are you know played within the first yeah, eleven games of the season. So, uh, I, again, I, I think this this schedule came out 
pretty favorable for the Raiders. I like where the bye week is as well. Uh, might be a little late for some of you, but I would think the players would prefer the bye happens a little bit later in the year than than too soon. So I think week 13 is a pretty good spot there. It gives players some extra time to get healthy and gear up for the final five-game stretch of the season. Overall, you know, just my final thoughts here on the schedule. I, I really like the way the schedule came together for the Raiders. There's been past years where I looked at the schedule and I thought it was just absolutely brutal. I don't feel this way. I, I don't feel that way this time. I think they avoided, you know, again, the potential cold weather games late in the season. They've got only two uh, East Coast trips this year. Uh, so, Raider Nation, I got to be honest, I don't think there's much to complain about. And not that I've seen a lot of complaining out there, but I don't think there's there's anything to be complaining about with this schedule. Now, what I want to do next is I do want to spend some time, as I do every year, looking at strength of schedule. Okay, the Raiders have, and there's a couple of different ways to look at it. Okay, we're going to start with um, looking at the previous year's win-loss record. So by that measurement, the Raiders had the 10th most difficult schedule in the league this year based on the 2022 win totals and win percentages. The opponents that the Raiders will face in 2023 had a record of 150 um, wins, 136 losses, and two ties. That's a 524 win percentage. A couple of other teams, just to give you their information, uh, the AFC West, the opponents, uh, the Chargers, they ranked 12th. They tied with Denver at 12. And then the Chiefs came in uh, with the 16th hardest schedule, again, according to the previous year's um, win-loss record. So that's that's kind of how they stack up and compare with the teams within the division. Now, if you've listened to the show long enough, then you know I'm not a big fan of looking at the strength of schedule using the previous year's records. I just prefer to use the upcoming season's win totals based on you know what some of these sports books uh, have them at, at this point in time. I just think that's a better way to determine strength of schedule. I think it takes into account coaching changes, free agent signings that were made, draft picks that were made, new offensive coordinators, you name it. It takes all of those things into account that, you know, the wins total from the year before just does not do. And and I got a couple of examples of that that I think makes a good point. Let's look at the Jets for just a second. I think they're a really good example of why it's important to use the upcoming season's win totals. Last year, they won seven games a year ago. We all know they lacked a quarterback. Well, they go out and make the big trade for Aaron Rodgers. And now, according to DraftKings, um, they have their win totals up to 9.5 heading into this season. So obviously, there's a a difference there. I think another really good example uh, that I want to use here is the Denver Broncos. Now, they underachieved last year by many people's uh, expectations going into the season. They finished the season 5-12. and 12. They were horrible last year. They fired Nathaniel Hackett, and then they brought in Sean Payton. Um, now, I think that's going to be a huge upgrade for them with Payton, uh, and their their future win total for this season is up to eight and 8.5. So 8.5 wins is where that number is at, and that reflects the upgrade that, that I just mentioned. And, and, and so, again, those are just a couple of the examples that I think make a lot of sense and, and, and kind of prove why you should be using win totals versus previous season wins. So let's take a look now at those numbers using 2023 projected win totals according to DraftKings, and there's different 
uh, sites out there that you could use, but I'm, I'm looking at DraftKings here. The Raiders opponents uh, this year, up this upcoming season, are projected to win 152.5 games. That would rank the Raiders with the fifth most difficult schedule right now in the NFL. Uh, the top team would be Miami. They are tied with the Patriots at number one. Buffalo comes in at number three, tied with the Chiefs, and that leaves the Raiders at number five. Now, I don't know which one you prefer, but again, I just feel when you look at the upcoming season, you have to take into account the changes that were made to the roster and the coaching staff that isn't reflected in the previous previous year's um, win-loss record. Now, we all know that none of these metrics is an exact science. You still have to go out there and play the games. This is all on paper anyways at this point in the season, but this is all we got right now, so we're going to talk about it. This is all we have. Um, you know, and There's no denying, however you want to look at it, though, I, I think when you look at the Raiders' schedule, they appear to have what, what could be a very, very challenging schedule of opponents right now. They're going to be facing the AFC East division, which right now looks like it could arguably be the best division in football. At least that's the way it's being hyped up to be. And, you know, we, we saw what happened last year when they hyped up the AFC West. Didn't exactly live up to the hype. But, you know, the AFC East is is a division that right now on paper looks to be pretty good. You've got the Bills. They're, they should be really good again this year. They should be, you know, definitely in the mix for a playoff uh Spot, of course, DraftKings has them uh, projected to win 10.5 games right now. The Jets, really good defense last year. You know, mentioned uh, earlier in the show that they were lacking the quarterback. They went out there and and get one in Aaron Rodgers. Um, They've got some good pieces around him, so I I expect them to be very competitive. Miami added added, uh, Jalen Ramsey to their defense. Of course, the key to them is going to be the health of Tua uh, Tagovailoa. And then you've got the Patriots, who, you know, they're going to be competitive. As long as they've got Bill Belichick on the sidelines, their defense is going to be really good, and that team is going to be competitive. I, I think having Bill O'Brien as the offensive coordinator this year will do wonders for that offense. Now, you combine the fact that they're playing the AFC East with the two games that they're going to be playing against the Chiefs, the Chargers, and the Broncos, that is 10 very tough games right there. That's that's more than half of your season. And then you can't overlook the three additional games, one with the Giants, also with the Vikings who were playoff teams last year, and I expect them to be pretty good again this year. J- DraftKings has them both with projected to win eight and a half wins. Um, and, and then you got a game against Detroit as well on the road. Uh, that's a primetime game on the road. The Lions just missed the playoffs a year ago, and I think they're going to be a trendy pick this year to finally get over the hump and get into the playoffs. So with all that being said, I've been thinking about, you know, what is my projection? What is my prediction going to be for the Raiders' uh, wins-loss record? And and I did see the Raiders' number on a couple of different sites. I looked on FanDuel, BetMGM, of course, DraftKings, there's two different numbers for them right now. There, I think there's 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 uh, some inconsistency right there with with exactly what some of these sports books feel the Raiders are going to do. I saw one at seven point five, and then another site had them at six point five, and I and I think that's a fair number in in my opinion uh, when you know when you consider the schedule that we've talked about and then the roster construction as well. Now, speaking of the roster, I do want to spend just a couple of minutes here 
um, talking about the current roster. You know, I touched on it a bit last week. Now, my biggest concerns are still with the defense, and I and I and I have big concerns with this defense. I, I've always said that on both sides of the ball, you need to have difference makers. Okay, Devontae Adams, he's a difference maker. Josh Jacobs, he's a difference maker. Hopefully, you know, they just drafted Michael Mayer. Hopefully, he can develop into a difference maker. You've got difference makers on the offense. But on defense, how many difference makers are there? Max Crosby is the only one, according to my definition of a a difference maker, he's the only one. And and, and did they add any in free agency? No, I, I don't think they did. Did they add any through the draft? that you can expect to come in year one and instantly transform the defense? I'll give you Tyree Wilson. I will give you Tyree Wilson. So I'm going to say him alone. That would be it. Okay? Let me remind you of some of the people they brought in in free agency. Not all of them, but some of the, the more notable players. Marcus Epps, David Long Jr., Duke Shelley, Robert Spillane, Brandon Faison, and some other guys that may have may not even make the team. Those are the guys that the Raiders are planning to turn the defense around with in 2023. Now, listen, I'm not trying to sit here and be negative Nancy. That's not what I'm trying to do. I I fully understand you can't fix every hole in one offseason. You can't fix every hole in one draft. I, I'm aware that this is a this has become a full-blown rebuild. I, I know that. I've talked about it here on the show. But I just don't see where things are going to change drastically on this defense. I just don't see it. I got to be fair. Now, the roster defensively has big-time question marks in the secondary. At linebacker, that linebacker group is suspect at best. And once again, here we are again sitting here. It seems like this is every single year Outside of Max Crosby, where is that pass rush coming from? Okay, can we assume that Chandler Jones is going to reinvent himself at the age, what, 33, 34? After one of the worst seasons of his career? Can we assume that he's just going to under, under, all of a sudden find the fountain of youth? Is Tyree Wilson going to hit the ground running and generate pressures right off the bat? Get home with six to eight sacks? This season, then his rookie year, that's an unknown at this point to me. See, you can't bank on that. That's an unknown. So I I think the defense is going to hamper this team again. I think that the Raiders uh, are going to struggle on defense. I really, really do. Uh, Offensively, you know, you would expect, you know, they made the move to get rid of Carr and bring in Jimmy Garoppolo. You would think that the offense is going to run a little bit smoother. It's going to run the way McDaniels wants it to run with Jimmy Garoppolo, but we all know health is a concern. Will he stay healthy? Because if he doesn't stay healthy, forget it. Forget it. You're, you're, you, I mean, were they going to throw throw uh, O'Connell in there, the rookie? Okay. I know they signed another guy from the Patriots. I can't think of his name right now. He's been, he's been around forever, right? I mean, listen, if, if Garoppolo goes down this season, forget about it. You might as well start thinking about the draft. That's the way I see it. Um, Will this offensive line, who they are just going to run it back, it's the same group. It's the same group. And I know they overachieved last year, but will they protect Jimmy Garoppolo? 
What about the run game? Okay, what about Josh Jacobs? Hey, the, the Raiders had the NFL rushing champ last year, don't forget. Is that something you can expect to happen again this year? An all-pro year by Josh Jacobs? Where is, where is his head at? Where is his motivation at? With the lingering contract discussions ongoing, right? And I hate to call in the question a pro athlete's motivation, especially Josh Jacobs, because I, you know, he has never been the type of guy that I've ever questioned his desire or or motivation. But sometimes these contracts, you know, the, these negotiations, they can get messy. And and I don't think he's going to get a long term contract before the seasons. I, I just don't think that's in the DNA of Dave Ziegler to want to get a running back uh, signed to a long-term contract. I So I don't think that's going to happen. How could that impact his performance? Now, listen, if some of these things work out for the better for the Raiders, if the offensive line holds up, if Garoppolo stays healthy, right? If all these new pieces on offense, Jacoby Myers and Michael Mayer, if they contribute, sure, the offense could score a lot of points. But what about the new pieces in the defensive secondary? What about the rookies, Jacorian Bennett? Is he going to step in and, and start? Is Nate Hobbs going to move to the outside and have success this year? Or, is, or will he struggle again last year on the outside? Where are they even going to play him? Do we even know that at this point? We don't know. There's a lot of unknowns. Tyree Wilson, Chandler Jones, can they help out Max Crosby? Okay, if if some of those things happen for the Raiders and, and go in their favor, then yeah, I think the Raiders could surprise. They could surprise me a bit and, and win win a few more games. And I also think, you know, I think this is worth mentioning as well, that in 2021, go back to the 2021 season where the Raiders made the playoffs with all the controversy going on around them. They won a bunch of close games. Seven close games that year. Seven of their 10 wins were, were by, you know, three and a half points. Then last year... They blew big leads. They lost close games. They were on the other end of that luck. And let's be honest, some of it's about luck. It really is. The ball has to bounce your way sometimes, okay? So they were on the opposite ends of the spectrum in those two seasons. I do expect some of those things kind of even out a little bit this year, that part of the game. But based on everything that I've discussed with the opponents on the schedule, some of the holes that I still think exist in particular on the defensive side of the ball, I do expect the Raiders are going to have a tough season this year. So I'm going to give you my way too early wins-loss record for the Raiders as I sit here in the second weekend of May. I'm going to give the Raiders six wins right now. I, I see six and 11. Six and 11 right now. Um, You know, if, if things go their way, okay, I could see potentially a ceiling of maybe nine wins. Uh, and that's being really, really generous. So I think eight or nine wins would would definitely be like the ceiling for this team right now. And that's if like things totally went their way next year. Uh, I think the the floor would be four four wins for this team. And that's if they were to lose one of the the big time components to the team, like a Jimmy Garoppolo or even a Devonte Adams, Max Crosby. If one of those players or multiple players were to go down for uh, extended periods of time, you know, that could really, really have a, a negative impact uh, on this Raiders team. So anyways, my my early uh, win-loss record for the Raiders, I'm going to go 6-11. and 11. 
Um, let me know what you guys think. You know, reach out to me, uh, Twitter, send a DM, egroat5. You could also reach out to me through the website, justpodbaby.com. Uh, go through the, the message page, through the contacts uh, tab on the homepage. You can send me an email. It goes directly to my personal email. So I would love to hear you guys uh, and your win-loss projections for the Raiders this season. All right, guys, that is going to do it for the show this week. I have to uh, get out of here. We got another baseball game to go uh, get ourselves ready for here uh, this weekend. But I thank you all for tuning in. I hope that all of you go out there and enjoy the rest of your weekend. Hope everyone has a great week upcoming. And uh, until the next time, I'm your host, Evan Grote. And as always, just win, baby.